We're coming up on Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving is a really, really important holiday, and it's significant that Veterans Day should come so close to Thanksgiving. Um, so we're going to continue talking about Thanksgiving today. Our, our series is called Thrive, uh, Rejoice, Get, Pray, and Give Thanks. So we're going to be talking, we talked about Rejoice last Sunday, we're going to be talking about Pray today, but Thrive means to, to grow or to develop well, vigorously, to flourish, to prosper, to burst forth, to bloom. Everybody wants to thrive. Everybody wants to have joy. Everybody wants to prosper and flourish. We want to do more than just get by. We'd like for our life to have some meaning to it. We'd like to have a little excitement. We'd like to prosper and we'd like to flourish. So the idea in this series is that we thrive when we rejoice, when we pray, and when we give thanks. And it's all related to this, this holiday that in the United States of America we call Thanksgiving. Most countries have some sort of a holiday that's similar to this, but nothing exactly like what we do here. Now, as we think about those three words that are up there, the words rejoice, pray, and give thanks, that does seem like wonderful words, don't they? Or phrases, something that we'd all like to do. The real problem that we have is that in the text that we're using, there's another word that's attached to each one of those, each one of those words. It's called an adverb that, that modifies those. And so the heart of this series focuses on these three short verses of Scripture that Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica. There are three what we call imperatives or commands, three things you, want, you have to do if you want to thrive, and each one... Uh, is something that has to be ongoing. So here are those verses. We're going to start actually one verse ahead of time because I think 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 15 gives us the significance of everything Paul is talking about. He says this, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 15, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. We're not talking about war. We're talking about personal relationships here. In your personal relationships, be sure that you don't retaliate just because somebody does wrong against you. But here's what we're supposed to do. Always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Paul is teaching about rejoicing and praying and giving thanks. And it's not just about our own personal relationship with God, but everything is always about loving God by loving other people. Always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. The, the basic rule is how does love affect my, this situation? What does love require of me in this particular situation? But we ask ourselves, you know, how can I do that? You know, how can I always strive to do what is good for each other and good for everybody else? Well, you start by always rejoicing. We talked about that last week, and verse 16 says, rejoice always, right? So that's where we start. How can I always rejoice? Well, that continues with what we're going to talk about today, verse 17, which says, pray, but not just pray, pray continually or pray Many translations say without ceasing. How am I going to do that? Well, verse 18, what we're going to talk about next week, give thanks in all circumstances, 
for this, not just the giving thanks, but everything he's talked about prior to that, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The, the rejoice always, that's God's will for you. The pray continually, that's God's will for you. The give thanks in all circumstances is God's will for you. And remember this, if God commands something, it is always possible. It is not always easy, and you might need God's help in order to do it, but if God tells you to do something, it is possible for you to do that. Now, last week, you remember, if you were here, we, we looked at rejoice always, and I, and I said the primary way we do that, that we rejoice always, is like this. You have to remain focused on Jesus rather than focusing on your problems, because if you uh, are always looking at how big my problem is and and how everything is going wrong in my life, you can't possibly have joy, so you have to focus on Jesus instead of your problems. And, and when we're tempted to move our focus to our problems, the Apostle Paul tells us something we can do about that in Philippians chapter four. And so he says this, when we have reason to be anxious or worried or stressed, the first thing we do is practice loving others. He said there in Philippians chapter four, uh, and, and verse five, he tells us to let our gentleness be known to all people. So the first thing we do is we practice loving other people. We get the focus off of me and off of my problems and nobody loves me and nobody treats me right and, and nobody knows the trouble I've known, all that kind of stuff. And we get focused on other people. And then second thing we do is with a thankful attitude. That's the key. That's where we're going. Uh, that's what the season is about. That's where we're going next week, right? With a thankful attitude, take all your anger, frustrations, heartaches, and worries to God in prayer. And prayer is where we are today. So we ended with prayer last time. And prayer is today's subject. Thriving and joy require prayer. In fact, they require continual prayer. So today's subject is this, pray continually. Prayer is not a complicated thing. Prayer is simply communicating with God. That's all it is. Prayer is meant to be a dialogue between you and God. That means it's two-way. Uh, that means God talks to you as well. And I'm not speaking about audible. God has never spoken to me audibly, though he, he if you say he spoke to you that way, I'm okay with it. But God has never spoken to me audibly, but I know when he is speaking to me, I can, I can hear it and feel it in my heart. And sometimes you just have to shut up and be quiet for a while, let God speak. Jesus prayed often. He must have prayed a lot when he was growing up, but we don't have any record of that. But the first thing that he ever did was come out and be baptized. And when he was baptized, he prayed, according to Luke's gospel, chapter three, at key times during his life on earth, he sought out private places to pray. Each one of the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, talked to us about how he would go up into the mountain to be alone to prayer, in prayer down by the sea, out on a boat, in the desert somewhere, find a place where uh, it was quiet, where there wasn't a lot of noise or light pollution, there weren't a lot of people around, he could just get alone with the Father and pray. Once after he had been praying and evidently some of his followers were watching him pray, he got finished and they said, Lord, teach us to pray just like John taught his followers to pray. And so Jesus said, okay, when you pray, say this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Uh, Father, I, I address my prayer to the Father, and it always starts with honoring God. Thy will be done on, in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, all those kinds of things. So we start with honoring God, and then we ask him to take care of our needs and to forgive our sins, and then we take before him the needs of others, and in other places he tells us to pray for our enemies and pray for our leaders and all kinds of things like that. And just before Jesus was crucified, not for his sins but for our sins, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and we know a part of what he prayed because it's recorded for us in those four gospels, those four stories of the life of Jesus, those four eyewitness accounts of Jesus's life on this earth. And he said, Father, if you're willing, let this cup pass from me. Take this cup away from me. If there's any other way that, that your will can be accomplished, uh, that I don't have to do this. As a man, I'm thinking about what's going to happen to me and what crucifixion is all about. Yet, not my will, but your will be done. A, we can learn a lot about prayer just by listening to Jesus. Sometimes prayer's long. Sometimes people pray for hours. Sometimes prayer's really short. Some of the best prayers are really short. Remember that story uh, in the Gospels about the Apostle Peter, and they see Jesus walking on water towards them, and and Peter says, hey, can I do that too? And Jesus said, yeah, come on. And he hopped, got out of the boat and he starts walking toward Jesus on the water just like Jesus was doing. And then he looked around and he said, hey, people can't do this. And he began to sink and he prayed a real quick prayer. Lord, save me. I don't know how long, if you're standing on water and you start to sink, I don't know how long it takes you to go down, but it's not very long. That was a really, really fast prayer. Sometime before his head went under the water, maybe he never got that far, he cried out, Lord, save me. That was a prayer. That was an earnest prayer. That was a prayer that came from the very heart straight to God himself. And that was as much a prayer as any other prayer is. Most everybody in this room probably believes that prayer is important. And most of you probably pray sometimes. A lot of times, forget about it sometimes, but most of you believe that prayer is important. But here's the question, pray continually. Is that even possible? This doesn't just say pray. This doesn't just say, you know, when you have some time, get by yourself with God and pray. It doesn't say when you get in trouble, cry out to God and ask God to save you. It says pray continually. Is it possible to pray continually? Well, I guess maybe we need to go to this question, which is what does it mean to pray continually? This, that, phrase, that phrase pray and, and then the adverb that des describes it is translated differently. Most often it's translated pray without ceasing. That doesn't really help us a lot anyway either, right? Pray without ceasing, pray continually. It means pray without interruption, pray without omission. Uh, uh, without omission. Uh, I read the word assiduously. I had to look that one up. Pray assiduously, that means with great care and perseverance. Uh, one translation says, never stop praying. But what does it mean to pray continually? Let me say one thing it cannot mean, all right? One thing it does not mean is this. The phrase does not mean that we do nothing but pray. It doesn't mean that you just walk around all day uh, talking to God, uh, uh, that is at least not consciously talking to God all the time. It does not mean do nothing but pray because 
God expects us to do some other things, right? One of those things he expects us to do is rest. And when you're asleep, you're not praying. So it cannot possibly mean do nothing but pray. So we can look at this phrase in three ways. I'm just give you these quickly. Three ways to look at pray continually. The first one is this. First, pray continually emphasizes that prayer is more than an activity. It's a relationship. What I mean by that is it's the attitude that I have that God is always with me. There he is right there beside me. God is always there with me, uh, and I must be continually trusting him and continually discussing things with him. It's like if you're traveling or working with somebody that you love and you trust, uh, you're in constant communication with them. You might not talk to them every second of every day, but they're there. You know that they're there, and you look over every once in a while, and you say, did you see that? Did you see that? What was that, you know, that we saw? What do you think? I've been thinking about this. What do you think? You know, those kinds of conversations that you're constantly in communication, though your mind be on something else. You might be listening to some music. You might be doing your work or whatever it it is. Uh, That's the kind of relationship that we're talking about, that prayer is not just an activity. Prayer is not just something that you go do every once in a while. Prayer is a relationship with God, and that relationship with God will lead you to have a regular time every day when you formally get together with God. But it will also cause you just to talk to God. Well, things will come up, and you just talk to God about that particular thing. So first, pray continually emphasizes that prayer is more than an activity. Here's the second thing. Pray continually means praying repeatedly and often. The Apostle Paul uses that adverb, you know, uh, continually, uh, translated other ways in other places. But in in Romans chapter 1, he's talking to the Romans and he said, God is my witness how constantly I remember you. That's that same word, uh, continually I remember you in my prayers at all times. So Paul says, God is my witness and I promise you that I'm constantly, I remember you in my prayers all the time. Now, Paul certainly did many things other than pray, right? So he couldn't have meant that I was just praying all the time. And when he did pray, he had other things to pray for other than the Romans. So he wasn't talking to God about them every second of every time, moment that he was praying. But he prayed for them often and he prayed for them regularly. And he said, I promise you this. I don't ever forget to pray for you. I promise you this. You're always on my mind and in my heart when I'm talking to God. He prayed often and he prayed regularly. He prayed repeatedly for them and often and he never stopped praying for them. So that's the second thing that is meant by pray continually. And here's a third thing, one more thing. Pray continually means not giving up on prayer. Uh, Praying continually means that you don't ever come to a point where you say, Prayer doesn't work. Or, I ain't praying for that anymore. You know, God hadn't answered that prayer. I'm just going to quit on that one. Uh, Pray continually means not giving up on prayer. Uh, Never having gaps in your prayer life, you know, where, oh, no, I went three weeks and I didn't pray. Or three days and I didn't pray to God. So, Pray continually. First of all, it's a relationship. It means I understand that God is with me all the time. 
He's riding with me. He's sitting with me. He's running with me. He's exercising with me. He's studying uh, with me. He is always with me. He's there. He knows what I'm thinking. I don't always know what he's thinking. He knows what I'm thinking. He knows where I'm going and all those kinds of things. And when I naturally feel like he is there, I just talk to him uh, through, through the day. Uh, means praying repeatedly and often. That is, uh, I say I'm going to pray for you. Then I'm going to do that. Now, I may not be thinking about you every moment of every day. But I pray for you on a regular basis. And I don't ever give up on prayer. So, how do I do that? That's the next big thing. How do I pray continually? What are some practical things I can think about so that I will pray continually? And there, you know, you can go any direction you wanted to with this, but let me just mention a few things that come to mind. First of all, start with thanksgiving. Start by being thankful. That's where we're going to finish next week. Begin and each end each day thanking God for all the good things in your life and for his continued presence, even if you don't feel like it. You know, sometimes I don't feel very thankful. I wish I was thankful, but sometimes I just don't feel very thankful. Sometimes I can just see all the bad stuff uh, in my life. I had to put a new roof on my house this week. That costs a lot of money. I hate spending money. I hate spending money. And so I wasn't real happy. I haven't, I haven't paid for it yet, by the way. The bill will come in this week. But I wasn't real happy about that. I, I just kind of get tensed up, you know, when I have to spend money. And then, some, then I had the you know, $1,100 repair on my car this week. And I, I was starting to, you know, the angst level was just going up, up, up. And I thought, hmm, I hate spending that money, but guess what? For one of the few times in my life, I can actually afford it. I actually have the money to pay it. And I wish to, I'd rather keep that money in the bank, but wow, I can actually afford to do this. Thank you, Lord. Because if you provided for me today, you're going to provide for me tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day as I serve you. As I give to you, as I pray to you, as I serve you, you're going to keep taking care of me. And so instead of saying, oh man, I wish I had that money for later. Okay, I had to spend it today. But God gave that to me. So Thanksgiving, all, even if you don't feel like it, you know, you're driving down the road, I, I'm driving down the road in my 13-year-old car, truck with 234,000 miles on it. Every once in a while, I have to think, man, this thing runs good. You know, wow. Uh, thank you, Jesus, you know, that this car, it, it's running down the road, and I'm, I'm just blessed to have this thing. Start with thanksgiving. Here's the second thing. Make God your default. That is your pre-selected option for conversation, wisdom, and help. Your go-to person. Make God that default, that thing you just go to without thinking about it. And, and, and the way that happens is you practice it, by the way. But when you are wronged, go to God and pray for the person who wronged you. That's what he says. When something good happens, go to God and thank him for it. When something bad happens, go to God and seek his help for it. When you're challenged, ask God for wisdom. When you're weak, ask God for strength. And when you're having trouble with something, then get somewhere and talk to God about it. Talking to Ron Altman is unable to be in the services this morning, but he and I were talking about how he likes to 
pray when he's walking. He walks every morning. I'm not really good at that. I stumble sometimes if I try to pray and walk at the same time. But especially when something just hits me all of a sudden and I feel like my chest is going to explode or my brain is going to explode or something, if I can't talk to God, I just get out and I'll just walk inside this building if the weather is bad outside or outside if it's good enough. I'll just walk and talk to God and, and I can say anything I want to to God. And I do. That leads me to another thing. Be real with God. God already knows what you're thinking. There's no reason to hold back. Uh, tell him exactly what's on your mind. You don't have to use some kind of a special thee and thou holy language. Talk to God and tell him what's on your mind. Be real. And here's just a few practical things beginning with this. Tell God about your day. Tell him what he already knows. You know, if, you, uh, if you're a parent and your child comes to you and they're just, if they're real little, maybe you, you know every single thing they're about to say about what happened in their day, but you just like hearing them say it. That's what God wants us to do. We had our older son who lives in the Memphis area. Uh, he used to come home from a date. And if Gene and I were still awake, he'd just take a flying leap and land right between us in the bed and tell us all about his date. Well, I'd say he probably didn't tell us everything, but you know, he gave us a summary of what happened uh, on the date. I, I love telling Gene stuff. I like to tell her what happened. If I'm reading a good article or something, or heard something, I like to go talk to her about it. It bores the, the daylights out of her a lot of times, you know, but, but she listens anyway. And God loves to hear us just come and tell him what he already knows because we're his children. Uh, here's another thing. Number two, incorporate prayer into your daily chores. We all have some mindless things we do during the day. I was reading about this I don't know if it's a man or a woman, but they were folding clothes. And it said they like, when they folded clothes, uh, uh, whoever's clothes they were folding, they prayed for that person, husband or wife, son or daughter, whoever it was, they, were, they just prayed for that person. And, and then if they, they ran out of prayers but hadn't run out of clothes to fold yet, then when they fold this person's clothes, whoever that person works with or whoever went to school with or whoever we're interacting with or whatever, you know, just kind of mindless stuff, that's the kind of thing I don't do it enough to, to be any good at it, but that's the kind of thing, if you do it, it's just kind of boom, boom, boom. You're just doing it, right? Your, your, your mind is someplace else. So incorporate prayer into your everyday uh, chores. N number three, pray while you wait. Pray while you wait in traffic. Pray while you wait in line to get your morning coffee or to buy your groceries. I, I try to, uh, to look up how long does the average person wait in line in his life? And I saw estimates that range from six months to 10 years. That's a, that's a big difference. So it says to me, these people don't know what they're talking about. But what we can say is, there's a lot, right? I read somewhere else where the average person spends 43 days on hold with automatic customer service. And then you can't understand that person when he comes on the line, right? But pray while you wait. Transform that wasted time into something meaningful. Number four, go ahead and admit to God when you're wrong. Don't waste your time by trying to cover everything up. Remember, he knows. 
It takes me a while to calm down and admit it. Sometimes I just have to admit it when I don't even believe I'm wrong, but I know in my head and my heart going in different directions. I just go ahead and tell God about it, and then he brings me down where I should be. Number five, sing a song of praise. I don't care if you can sing or not. I've heard some of you, you can't. Neither can I, but uh, sing a song of praise to God. You know, uh, maybe a chorus that you learned or a song you heard on the radio or something you sang when you were a kid or something you hear at church now. Uh, just sing a song of praise to God. And just one more thing. Stop talking once in a while and just listen. Just listen for God. He will speak back to you. As I said, it probably won't be audibly but you will hear him speak. It's clear that what God wants from us is an ongoing conversation, not just a special time. You know, this thing that I've mentioned over and over, I can remember, oh, I used to love to watch old Western movies, you know, the prospector that was out, you know, the, cow, the riding horses, shooting guns, finding gold, all that kind of stuff. But it's the typical, you know, you got the old prospector or the old cowboy or something like that, and he's got this daughter that he doesn't know much about, and she's having problems. And he goes to God, and he says, Oh, Lord, I ain't never asked you for nothing before, and I won't never ask you for nothing again if you'll just take care of my little girl. Well, that's, you know, oh, I'm going to cry. No, that's, that's not what God wants. God wants you to come to him all the time, talk to him all the time, all the time about everything, big, small, in between. You know, it may, may make a good movie, but it's not the reality of life. God wants an ongoing conversation with you. Pray continually, pray without ceasing, never stop praying, always keep on praying. And there is no except when you're busy in there. It's always, always, always continually. We go through life in such a hurry and so overwhelmed by our problems that we think we don't have time to pray, right? And that sense of hurriedness can be devastating, not just spiritually, but physically and emotionally and mentally. It can destroy you. Psychologist Carl Jung said this, hurry is not of the devil, it is the devil. Now, you know, we may disagree with something there, but you understand what he's talking about. Hurry is not of the devil, it is the devil. When you pray, you are focused to slow down. When you pray, you shift the focus of your thoughts from yourself to God. When you pray, you stop thinking about how impossible everything is for you, and you start thinking about how possible it is with God, and that doesn't happen instantaneously. It's an ongoing conversation. When you pray, you stop thinking about how weak you are and you start thinking about how powerful God is. So pray even when you don't feel like it. That's the discipline of prayer. Pray even when you don't want to. I don't know where I first heard this saying, but I've heard it a lot. Pray hardest when it's hardest to pray. Now, sometimes I don't feel like praying. And when I go to God, I'll say, I don't feel like praying. But I know it's the right thing to do, and I know that you're there, so I'm going to talk to you. And you know what happens? I start to feel like praying. You know, 
I start to feel like I'm communicating with God. I don't always feel like doing the right things. If you read the prayers of Job and David in the Old Testament, you'll find prayers of despair. You'll find prayers of anger. God doesn't expect you to clean up your prayers before you come to him. You just bring it to him. Even Jesus prayed, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken away from me. Nevertheless, or yet not as I will, but as you will. God already knows your heart. So we can pray, Father, I'm scared. Father, I'm lonely. Father, I'm weak. Father, I just quit. Lord, save me. You know, and you can say all that to God. It's okay. But try to discipline yourself, whether you believe it or not, to say, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Because that's the best. There are times when it's not easy to pray, but if you put aside your feelings and pray anyway, you're going to get stronger and your relationship with God's going to get better. If you want to be spiritually healthy, discipline yourself to pray. Be persistent. Don't quit. Don't just pray sometimes. Don't just pray when times are really good. Don't just pray when times are really bad, but pray continually in the way that we've talked about. Pray constantly. Never stop praying. Always be aware of God's presence. Communicate with him. Ask God to give you the grace and the wisdom to see things as he sees them and to rejoice in all circumstances and begin with Thanksgiving, which is where we're going to be next week. I'm going to do something a little different today. I'm going to stay, stay up here and we'll pray with you while our musicians come back up because we have our Operation Christmas Child boxes here. But would you bow your heads with me right now for just a minute? Father in heaven, help us to pray. When we don't feel like it, help us to realize that you're with us when we don't feel your presence. Help us to know that we need to do the right thing regardless of what's going on in our lives. Help us to realize that you truly are always in control. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.